heard the call to build your small business? Make it happen with a .NET domain name, the place for dreamers for 30 years and counting. Visit keepdreamingup.net for tips and advice. Whether you're just getting started or looking to grow, that's keepdreamingup.net. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today will be October 24th, 2017. I'm recording this a little bit earlier and also releasing it a little bit earlier than I normally would, so you might be listening to this on a Monday afternoon. But today is the October 24th edition of the Locked On Magic podcast here with you on a game day. As the Orlando Magic gets set to take on the Brooklyn Nets over at the Amway Center should be another exciting game as the Magic uh, try to get off the schneid or or get some measure of revenge against the Brooklyn Nets. So we'll talk a little bit about the Nets. Uh, Didn't get to talk a lot about them on Monday's show, so I'll I'll talk about that game very quickly, as well as what to expect in this rematch between these two up-and-coming teams, and I I think we can say that uh, with a little bit more certainty today. Uh, Then I'm going to talk a little bit about the team's uh, reaction to adversity this, this year. I got a chance to go down to practice and ask some questions about the team and and what feels different because something does feel different and I do want to talk a little bit about that and then I'm going to talk like I said on Monday's episode uh, I'll talk a little bit more about the team shooting and and it's surprise three-point shooting uh, as the magic season begins but before we do that I do want to remind everyone that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network be sure to go to iTunes and search for your second favorite team Locked On your second favorite team names here. So if you want to learn a little bit more about the Brooklyn Nets, you can check out Locked On Nets. They do a fantastic job covering the Nets on a day-to-day basis, just like we do here at Locked On Magic. Every little detail, every little nook and cranny, every little minuscule note that you want to know comes from every single one of the Locked On podcasts. Um, You're looking for some stuff on some of the bigger news of the day? Locked On Suns. Actually, Locked On Suns is a podcast that I listen to. they do a fantastic job covering the Suns, so if you want the lowdown on what's going on with Earl Watson getting fired, uh, with Eric Bledsoe possibly getting traded, uh, that would be your source. Go check out Locked On Suns, and uh, if I'm not mistaken, over on Locked On NBA, they had Locked On Bucks, another fantastic Locked On podcast, talking about Giannis Antetokounmpo early on this season. Hopefully the Magic will be making some waves there too soon. But the first focus that we have to have is on the game at hand. The Orlando Magic take on the Brooklyn Nets at the Amway Center at 7 o'clock later on Tuesday. Um, A rematch of Friday's exciting yet frustrating game. And and I didn't talk a lot about Friday's game on the podcast on Monday. Focus more on the win over the Cleveland Cavaliers. But Friday's game was both extremely encouraging from the Magic in that they were able to score at a really high rate, but also extremely frustrating. The Magic, uh, I thought, cost themselves the game. All due respect to the Brooklyn Nets, um, and, and the Nets played a very good game, and they've played very well. They're 2-1. and one. They've, they've scored more than 115 points, 120 points in every single one of their games. This is not a bad Brooklyn Nets team. This is an improved Brooklyn Nets team. I was actually uh, sort of, a, not sort of, but I was actually a fan of the Nets and some of the things that they've done, uh, uh, that some of the things that they've done last year even, even though they struggled in the win column. Uh, but the Nets overall uh, are an interesting team. 
They have a clear-cut identity. Like the like I said, I think on Friday's podcast, I was a little concerned about the Magic defending that fast-breaking style. Um, I, I don't think Orlando is quite ready for the onslaught of fast-break opportunities that the Nets are going to give them or we're going to go after them with. And the Magic did not do a good job preventing those, turning the ball over 22 times. If Orlando wants to win this game, they've got to take care of themselves. They've got to limit turnovers that will limit the transition points. And then they got to worry about containing the ball handler and containing the paint. Um, they did a poor job on the offensive glass. Brooklyn ended up with 15 offensive rebounds, including five from Trevor Booker. Uh, they did a really poor job there. Uh, and, and while Nikola Vucevic had an incredible game scoring 41 points, it was really just him and Evan Fournier for a good chunk of that game. The Magic really... They were just trying to keep pace. At the end of the game, they were down uh, They were down seven, I think, toward the end of the game. Made a nice little comeback. Had a chance to tie the game with a three late. Uh, an open look from Evan Fournier. Nothing you can complain about there. But ultimately, they were chasing the game. And that's not what you ha- can do against Brooklyn. You got to... Brooklyn's going to make mistakes. Uh, I think Brooklyn is a better team. I don't have them as a playoff team. But Brooklyn is going to make mistakes. They are not the kind of team that that just beats you. Um, you know, that's that's not what that's not who they are quite yet. They'll take advantage if you make mistakes and they'll force you into some mistakes. But the Brooklyn Nets are more of a team that feasts on your mistakes and just kind of goes out there and plays. They're, 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 I don't think there's a lot of structure to what they do. I mean, someone correct me if I'm wrong there. But what I like about Brooklyn is they have a set identity. They go after it hard. I mean, they're not, they don't beat around the bush with their identity. They go after it. And so I like to, I like, I do think this is still a tricky matchup for the Magic, but if the Magic focus, they cut down on the turnovers, especially the unforced errors. I thought the Magic had a lot of unforced errors in Friday's game. And they improved their rebounding. They have a very good chance of winning this game. This is this should be another tightish game. This should be another game where the Magic feel like they have a chance to win. I don't think any of that changes. I think the Magic should feel they are the better team. They got to go out there and play like it. I thought they were really sloppy Friday night, uh, and I think they paid for it. Now, Brooklyn is going to come after them hard, as they always do. That's just who they are. That's in their DNA. But the Nets will make mistakes. They will go through long droughts where they can't score. If you look at how the starters for the Magic played on Friday night to start the game, they had an eight-point lead. They were building something good. It looked like they were building the momentum, and then things just kind of fell off the rails. They got sucked into the speed of the game. And so I think it's important for the Magic to control the pace of this game. There won't be a place for to hide DJ Augustin this time. DJ's going to have to probably guard D'Angelo Russell for a little while. And that could be dangerous. That's going to force the Magic defense to make some rotations and make some adjustments. So this should be another interesting challenge for the Magic. Uh, as interesting as, as, obviously, they've only had three challenges, but I think this will be another interesting challenge. It'll be interesting more to see how they respond. Because to me, that's been the story of the season so far. How the Orlando Magic respond. Today's show is sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company. For a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, you can pick an experienced, licensed therapist you relate to and feel comfortable with. Each and every therapist has at least a master's degree and has completed over 3,000 hours of supervised work. To match with your perfect therapist, go to Talkspace.com forward slash boom. And to show your support for this podcast, use code boom to get $30 off your first month. That's boom. Talkspace.com slash boom. B-O-O-M.
And when you look at that, at that aspect, when you look at this response aspect, there has been a common refrain that's come up seemingly time and time and time and time again. And that refrain is, we would not have, that from, from players, this is from players, we would not have won this game last year. After the Magic defeated the Miami Heat, blowing a 17-point lead, going up by two and getting a great finish from Evan Fournier, Evan Fournier said, you know, this may have been a game we did not, we would not win last year. Following the game against the Cleveland Cavaliers on Saturday, DJ Augustin, a veteran, a guy who's been around the league a long time, been with this group for a year now, he said, there's a different attitude about this team. And, you know, we may not have responded this way last year. It is just three games, so you don't want to overreact. But the way the Magic have played this year certainly seems to suggest that they're heading in the right direction. That they've that something has clicked, some attitude, some execution point, something has clicked that allows this team to finish these games that they weren't finishing last year or or even before then. And that I don't know if it is monumental, but it sure feels monumental to, to say that and to feel that. It sure feels like Orlando has taken a little bit of a step forward and that they're headed in the right direction. It's something intangible. The, the, the only way we can see it is, is in these miniature responses. To, to blow a 17-point lead and still come out and win the game. You learn a lesson there, but you win the game. You execute, you win the game to take a disappointing loss to the Nets on Friday and turn around and blow the doors off the Cleveland Cavaliers in the first quarter, playing with an edge, and then to see your lead from 20-something points down to seven and then extend it out to 37 in the third quarter, that says something. And it may just be seedlings right now. It may just be little, little hints of it. But... It definitely feels like the Magic have a different attitude about them, and, and the evidence is plainly there. We're just taking all the right steps. We're, we're doing all the little things right. We're trying to make the simple plays and not trying to overthink it too much. We're just going out there, playing ball, and doing what we've been doing for our whole lives. And uh, It's coming together. And uh, When it comes together, you kind of you don't want to just want to try to do your best to stay in you know, rhythm. And um, right now, I think that's what we're doing. And, we're still taking those small steps because you can't you can't overlook anything in this league, and uh, you know, we're just finding ways to win. And uh, I think it's, it's helping us because you know we're, we're banding together during tough times, and you know we're going into hostile environments, you know, hand in hand, ready to go, and uh, it's paying off for us. That is Terrence Ross talking at Orlando Magic practice on Monday, and you can really again, it's been a repeat storyline throughout the throughout training camp and throughout the early part of the season, that there is a little bit more of a, a chemistry and a bondedness and 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 just just a sense that this team is really coming together in a way that it that they didn't last year. So 
Obviously, the Magic still have a lot of work to go. I mean, I think their defense still still needs to put a lot of pieces together, although they put together a good defensive game against the Heat, statistically, and a good defensive game against the Cavaliers, statistically. The only bad bad mark is, is the one against Brooklyn, who they'll play Tuesday. And, you know, they'll get Aaron Gordon back as well on Tuesday, it looks like, as as well. That was, that was repeating myself there. But overall, the way this team has responded... The, 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 those little things, those intangible things that you just can't quantify, the Magic seem, at least, to be headed down the right track to, to have those things, to finally be able to put that piece together. You can sense it in the way that, that they're interacting with each other. There's just, I mean, uh, there is a different feel about this team. That, that That's the only way I can describe it. There is a different feel about this team. And early success is only continuing to build that feel, that, that togetherness, that, that group mentality, that, that, that chemistry that they've worked so hard on over the summer. There is a renewed focus, too, for sure. But still, learning how to win in this league is extremely difficult. And the Magic are 2-1, and one, and they haven't won consecutive games yet. And so there is still a lot left to build. These early games, I've really talked about, especially during the preseason, I've talked about laying a foundation. Finding success while laying a foundation to build from. And that's really what this is all about. This attitude, this mentality, this ability to respond to adversity is really about the magic building off their base now. And beginning to put together the kind of games and kind of performances that they're going to need to win down the road. Do not get it wrong. The Magic still have a very long way to go this season. It's a lot of games left, and there are a lot of flaws that need to get corrected. And I'll talk about one of the things that I would expect to, uh, to, to come back to normal at some point soon. But the base that this Magic team has built appears to have them on the right track. I can't answer that because I wasn't here last year, but all I can tell you is from from when I got here to now is that guys have been great, guys have been workers, and guys want to win. That is Magic Guard Jonathan Simmons talking about his new team and their work ethic early on in the year. As, As I said, there's still a long way to go in this season, but the Magic do seem to be on the right track. And... One of the areas that they've really surprised a lot of people around the league, surprised me at least too, is uh, their three-point shooting. Um, they're still getting around it. A big reason why the Magic's offense has been so successful, why the Magic have a top-five offense in the league right now, is because of their three-point shooting. The Magic are second in the league in three-point shooting, shooting 48% from beyond the arc. Uh, they hit eight, 18 threes against the Nets, 17 against the Cavs, and 8 against the Heat in about roughly 30 attempts each time. Those numbers aren't sustainable, of course. Uh, you know, you ask any player on the roster, they'll kind of chuckle at, at putting out numbers like that to them. They all know that it is an incredibly small sample size and that those rankings don't mean very much quite yet. You're playing more to a standard at this point. You're trying to win games, but you're playing more to a standard. And the Magic eventually will fall back down to earth. They're not going to shoot 48% from beyond the arc the entire season. In fact, you know, against Miami, a game they won, they shot 8 for 31. So 
they're going to miss three-pointers. It's going to happen. Nikola Vucevic won't stay hot forever. But I think it is pretty clear that the Magic are a better shooting team this year than they were last year. Unexpectedly so. And having that as a weapon certainly changes the Magic's offense. We've talked a lot on here about Nikola Vucevic and how his three-point shot has really changed the Magic in the first three games of the season. By having Vucevic out there to stretch the floor as a three-point threat, it opens up the role for him. It opens up his ability to get to the basket. It opens up the lane for the point guards. It opens so much up by putting the center in a difficult position. In the game against the Miami Heat, Hassan Whiteside could not camp in the paint like he could against Bismack Biombo because he had to worry about Nikola Vucevic's shot. And while Vucevic had not displayed the three-point range yet, even getting out to 20, 23 feet really pulled the defense apart. Once Vucevic started hitting threes, the defense had no answer. The Magic really became an offensive juggernaut, especially at the pace that they play and the matchup problems that they can create. So then when you add guys like Jonathan Simmons making shots, DJ Augustin playing a little bit more minutes because of the injury to Alfred Payton, he's a better three-point shooter. Aaron Gordon becoming a better three-point shooter, although he hasn't shown that in, in, in the one game that he's played. When you begin to kind of tease all this out, the ma- uh, it makes sense, of course, better three-point shooting team means better offensive team. But this was not who the Magic were supposed to be. The big concern with this offense even dating back to last year when the Magic supposedly played better, the biggest concern was still their lack of three-point shooting. They had a lack of creation, but a lack of floor spacing and three-point shooting too. And so to see this number, 48% through three games, to see that number is very, very encouraging. And I I think that the Magic will fall back down to earth. They'll probably fall 10 percentage points, be be around the 38% range. But if they're shooting 38-37% from beyond the arc, that is more than enough for this team. They aren't going to be the best offense in the league. That's not who the Magic are, I don't think. Maybe they are. Who knows? But they certainly are better offensively because of that three-point shooting number. And I don't think that part's going to go away. Evan Fournier looks a lot freer and is shooting more effectively. Nikola Vucevic adding his three-point shot. Mario Azonia shooting some three-pointers. Jonathan Isaac possibly hitting some threes. Jonathan Simmons becoming an, a more efficient player, which, which I think he'll slowly become as he, he settles into his role. The Magic do a lot of really good things. The offense right now, and, and a lot of these threes, when the Magic have gotten into trouble offensively so far this year, it's been because they settle and force threes, and I think there's been a little bit of a problem on offense where the Magic just kind of stick to the three-point line and don't try and attack and fall in love with the three-pointer, especially when they're making a bunch, which is a kind of fallacy that happens. But overall, the Magic's three-point looks are coming off of ball reversals. They're coming out of kickouts. They're not bad shots. They're not forced three-pointers. They are open three-pointers. Something that Frank Vogel said, when, you know, even though he laughed off the 48% number, he said, you know, our three-pointers right now are coming off of good shots. They're, as long as they're coming within the flow of the offense, we want our guys taking them. It's part of the idea of modernizing the team. And so the Magic are taking them right now. They are getting those looks. And the scouting report hasn't changed yet. 
for a lot of teams, the scouting report says, leave these guys open, let them shoot threes. And that's probably a big reason why the Magic are so effective from the three-point line. It'll be interesting as, again, I think Brooklyn game will be a great example. Playing an opponent for the second time, they'll make some adjustments defensively. Whether they'll be effective or not, who knows. But as tape gets out, as more teams begin to scout the Magic and and begin to hone in on what they're trying to do, those three-pointers will dry up and the Magic will have to find a new way to attack. But the threat of that three-pointer is established. This is something I said over the summer uh, regarding Terrence Ross. Terrence Ross was a worse three-point shooter with the Magic last year than he was with the Raptors. But the threat of Terrence Ross, the threat of his three-point shot, made him dangerous still. Teams had to respect him and had to stay with him at the three-point line. That's something the Magic have lacked. And so if these numbers carry for a few games more, that attitude's going to change. And teams will have to stick to those three-point shooters. And that's going to open up the lane for others. And again, like I said, Nikola Vucevic begins putting a lot of pressure on teams defensively with his pick and roll and his ability to read whether to roll down the middle of the lane and get an easy layup or to pop for a three-pointer. He's done a very good job with that this, this, this season so far. And so the Magic, unbelievably, are changing that scouting report. They've become what no one thought they could be. And that is a three-point shooting team. And how and, and their relationship with the three-point line will be a, has been something the Magic have harped on for the last five years. And it now seems like they found a good relationship with it. Of course, it's only been three games. And there is a long, long way to go. That's going to do it for me today on today's episode of Locked On Magic. You can, of course, follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Magic, as well as like us on Facebook at Locked On Magic. You can follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. And, of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out Orlando Magic Daily, as well as follow us on Twitter at omagicdaily. And don't forget, we'll be doing our weekly Facebook Live Sundays at noon over on the Orlando Magic Daily Facebook page. Just like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Daily, if I'm not mistaken. You can, of course, subscribe to the podcast if you have not already on iTunes, Audio Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places you download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. And be sure to check out the other great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network. There are some big things coming to the Locked On Podcast Network in the coming weeks. I believe there was a big announcement today. I don't want to overstep my bounds and say it yet, but there's a big announcement coming soon. There's another big announcement coming soon. So Locked On Podcast Network is growing and growing and growing and growing. And you should jump on board now by subscribing to as many of them as you can, especially Locked On Magic. But that's going to do it for me today. The Orlando Magic will take on the Brooklyn Nets over at the Amway Center at 7 p.m. Be sure to be there. But we'll have a complete recap of that game tomorrow. Until then, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Philip Rossenreich. I will see you all again tomorrow for another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What you doing? Ran out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. 
I pronounce you by wedding ceremony. Stop. At Metro PCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to Metro PCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. Metro PCS. Wireless. Figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions.